Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. I hope all of you are having fantastic Monday mornings. As you roll into Outkick, we have got, as we said in the promo, a ton to talk about, as we often do on Mondays. The college football playoff is rounding into shape. I hope you listen to me and bet as much money as you could afford to bet on Alabama against LSU on the road and on Georgia on the road against Kentucky. It was a good gambling weekend for many of you. One of the worst days in the history of Las Vegas when it comes to sports gambling. We will get into all of that, but we began last night with a game that may have ended after some of you went to sleep, but with a game the New England Patriots took control of. The Green Bay Packers are now floundering a bit as we come up on the halfway point of the season. The Green Bay Packers fall to 3-4-1. and one. The New England Patriots, despite starting 1-2, and two, have pulled off a Houston Texans of their own and won six games in a row to sit at 7-2. and two. Tom Brady, the crazy thing about it is Tom Brady didn't even need to be that spectacular. Aaron Rodgers was just okay. Neither one of these guys distinguished themselves to a high degree, I didn't think, relative to the expectations that they have set for themselves over the past decade or more. And in the end result, the New England Patriots are sitting awfully pretty, as they always are, in the AFC East. Uh, They are going to go on the road against the Titans. They should win that game. 
Then they get the Jets. They should win that game. The Vikings come to town. Maybe the Vikings can give them a little bit of a scare. Then they go on the road against Miami, which has been a tough spot. But the next four games or so, the Patriots basically have an opportunity to establish that they are the kings of the AFC East for yet another season. And I don't see any reason why that is going to change. I asked you an interesting question. I asked you an interesting question last night. I love to do these Twitter polls. And I said through basically the halfway point of this season, I think the four best quarterbacks in the uh, in the NFL have been in no particular order, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Those four guys I feel pretty strongly about right now as the best four quarterbacks that are in the NFL. And by the way, I said my next four would be Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, and Jared Goff in that order. That's my top eight quarterbacks halfway through the NFL season so far this year. I'll reiterate them again. Uh, my top four, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. My next four, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. Now, you can argue, I'm sure everybody out there is not 100% going to agree with my eight. But I gave you guys an option with the top four. I said, which quarterback would you want for this year and this year alone if you had to pick one? You can go vote in this, by the way, this morning if you want to go see the results and go see uh, go go cast your ballot. Drew Brees won that contest. And we're going to get to the game between the Saints and the Rams here momentarily, which was the game of the day. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt out there if you were watching uh, NFL, as most of you would have, and you spent your day watching the NFL. Best game by far was Saints-Rams. Uh, Drew Brees got 32% of your vote. 25,000 of you voted I put up this poll last night. You can vote on it this morning as well. 25,000 of you voting. Drew Brees gets 32% of the vote. Second place, Patrick Mahomes. That's a crazy stat. If I had said before the season, the other three guys you would have known and would have believed were great, they've all won Super Bowls. They've all been pretty outstanding for years and years. Drew Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. But to toss in Patrick Mahomes... That's kind of unexpected given uh, the the entry to the season. That's how amazing he's been. Even more amazing, 25,000 of you vote and 27% of you said you would rather have Patrick Mahomes this year. That's more than wanted Tom Brady, 21%, or Aaron Rodgers, 20%. So again, my top four quarterbacks halfway through the year, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, your top overall choice voting out there, Drew Brees, your number two choice, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Tom Brady, number four, Aaron Rodgers. Well, why were so many of you enamored of Drew Brees? Well, I think it had something to do with how good the Saints looked going up against the undefeated uh, L.A. Rams. Sorry, St. Louis. The undefeated L.A. Rams last night. 45 points. 45 points, a 35-17 to lead at the half to the credit of the Rams. They came back and tied this game. But then the Saints put on 10 more points, relatively even game. I mean, you go look at the stat line, almost even in total yards, almost even in yards per play. These are two really good football games, uh, football teams that stood in the center of the ring and basically threw punches at each other for 60 minutes. Only uh, one turnover from each team. Both quarterbacks performed in an exemplary fashion. Uh, Jared Goff, 28 of 40 for nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Drew Brees is, frankly, almost flawless this year. 25 of 36 for 346 yards. You had the uh, the Michael Thomas play, 
which I think it's going to get a lot of attention, but I feel like an old man because I remember the Joe Horn reaching underneath the uh, underneath the, the pads to, uh, to to make a phone call. It was paying homage to, uh, to to Joe Horn, but 12 catches for 211 yards to me is the bigger story than the fact that he had a cell phone put underneath the uh, underneath the goalpost. My question on the cell phone in general: Did he do both end zones? Did he only do one end zone? And also, who puts the cell phone there and when? Because you would think somebody would have seen him doing it. Uh, I don't think the celebration. He said he did both. All right, he said he did both. That's smart because otherwise, you know, I guess you could wait and just leave it under there for a few weeks and be prepared to eventually, uh, eventually pull out the, the the cell phone. But that in and of itself is pretty. I think it's pretty funny. I just think it's a uh, it's it's more of a reflection of the initial decision when Joe Horn did it personally, especially because Joe Horn did it back in the day when you had the flip phone. And there's something cool about back in the day the flip phone popping out 14 years ago that makes me feel old that it's been 14 years since Joe Horn did that but the Saints are on a roll the Saints are on a roll big time performance I don't necessarily think that this tells us a ton because I think both teams played at a high level and you know this is like uh one that there's a very good chance I think we're going to see a rematch of but I do think that if the Saints could maintain this pace Getting to play the NFC Championship game in New Orleans, in that dome, the way that Drew Brees is playing right now, would be a massive, massive deal for the Saints to have that opportunity. I'm not necessarily sure. There's still so many games left to be played. Uh, the Rams haven't even had their bye week yet. The Saints have 7-1 and one versus 8-1. and one. But I do think that is a, uh, that's an intriguing storyline to follow. I don't think there's any doubt at all that the two best teams in the NFC right now are the Saints and the Rams, and I don't really see any reason, barring injury, why that's going to change. I think that Drew Brees is going to be your NFL MVP. I think Drew Brees is going to – I don't believe he's ever won an NFL MVP, MVP. He's 39. He's posting the best quarterback rating of his career. He doesn't look like a guy who is riding off into the sunset and doesn't have very many years left. To me, he looks like a guy who has at least two or three years left. Maybe he wants to go out at the absolute apex of his ability if they won another Super Bowl and he won a second. Maybe he would leave. But with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara – Young guys who are making big-time plays with you at the skill positions on your offensive side of the ball, why would you want to leave? That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the Houston Texans, we mentioned earlier that we had a six-win streak for the New England Patriots. The Houston Texans lost their first three, and man, I got to tell you, they should be sending bouquets to head coaches across the NFL. Frank Reich makes the decision with the uh, Indianapolis Colts to choke away what would have been a fourth straight non-win if he had just made the basically right decision and punted the ball away. Uh, then they win in overtime thanks to Jason Garrett's uh, absolute uh, stupidity. And now, again, they have – it's like coaches lose their minds. I don't know why Vance Joseph decided to settle for a 51-yard field goal when he had an opportunity to run a couple of plays – and get the uh, Broncos into much better field position, but they had a 51-yard field goal, which, to be fair, I guess is what, like 45 yards? If you're talking about elevation, this is something that you should make. You get the added benefit of the elevation, um, but uh, he had a 51-yard field goal. The, the, the Broncos did, thanks to Vance Joseph, at the uh, conclusion, 
And uh, this is what it sounded like, I believe, from the Broncos radio network. I'm sorry, Bronco fans, waking up early in the morning. I know the time changed. We'll get to the time change at some point. I'm going to tee off on this time change business. But this is what it sounded like for the Broncos as uh, that field goal was attempted. Brandon McManus will attempt a 51-yard field goal for the win. Snap is good. Placement down. McManus has plenty of leg, and it is wide right. Texans in jubilation all over the field, and the Broncos are going to lose their sixth game of the year. Broncos, I mean, and to me, the big storyline here was, if I'm a Bronco fan, you can't trade Demarius Thomas and let him come out and play against you on your home field. As part of the condition of that trade, if I am the Broncos, you can't allow your number one receiver to come out of the visiting locker room and play against you the first week after that trade. He had three catches for 60 yards, but you can't allow it. I, I just I, I find that to be an unbelievably absurd story that didn't get as much attention as it should have. You're trying to win football games. You're trying to stay relevant. And obviously, the Broncos basically are done. And you tell your team, not only are we trading one of the best assets on the offensive side of the ball. And look, I understand, oh, we love Cortland Sutton. Oh, we still got Emmanuel Sanders. All this, it's fine. It's fine that you think you have wide receiving depth and that Demarius Thomas is 30 years old. I've never seen that before. On the week of the trade deadline, you trade your guy and he jogs out of the visiting locker room to play against you and helps the other team basically end your season. And if you are a Houston Texans fan, you want to talk about agony to ecstasy in the space of nine weeks from being effectively eliminated, it seemed, from playoff contention having started 8-0-3 and and to winning six straight games. And frankly, let's be honest, unless the Titans come out and win tonight against the Cowboys, which I don't have a great deal of optimism will happen, unless that happens on Monday Night Football tonight, they have got a massive lead over everybody else in the AFC South after having a massive deficit. Titans started 3-1. and one. They've lost three games in a row. The Houston Texans start off 0-3. They've won six in a row. And you can say they've been lucky. And it does seem like every coach that coaches against them loses his brain and falls apart, and the Texans find a way to take advantage of it. But you're sitting at 6-3. and three. You got the Redskins, who I think the Texans are every bit as good as, if not better. And then you got the Titans coming to town, if I'm not mistaken, in a couple of weeks. You got a bye week you get to sit through. And then you've got a couple of games at home uh, that, that you feel pretty good about. The Browns are coming into town. You're not going to lose to the Browns. The Colts are coming into town. You're probably not going to lose to the Colts. The Texans, I mean, uh, they get the Jets. I mean, you're talking about a schedule where easily – 10 or 11 wins is at play just if you beat the bad teams that are left on your schedule. The Browns win. That's seven. The Colts, you should win at home. That's eight. The Jets, you win at home. That's nine. That's that's nine wins right there for the Houston Texans, and that's without even needing to win a tough game. That was a massive win for them. I think it, honestly, I think it won them the AFC South. I know there's seven games left. And I know all the, the the things that can happen in seven games, but I think going up six and three, unless the Titans win tonight in Monday Night Football and they're about a four and a half point underdog, unless that happens, I think the Texans won the AFC South thanks to Vance Joseph and the Broncos falling apart, not being able to make that field goal. I told you this about the Chargers. 
I picked the Chargers to make the Super Bowl before the season started. Phillip Rivers has been unbelievable at quarterback. Unbelievable performance from Phillip Rivers every single week. He was just pretty good. Just pretty good against the Seahawks on the road, which is an endorsement in and of itself. Melvin Gordon came back, and he was phenomenal to give the uh, the L.A. Chargers a rush attack. But the Chargers, I said when they were 3-2, and two, I said, look, the Chargers are going to be 9-2. and two. I said they are going to win their next six games. Some of you said, you know what, you're crazy. There's no way that's going to happen. Well, they're halfway there. And guess what? They ain't losing to the Raiders this coming weekend. All right, so that's going to be four in a row. And then they are going to beat the Broncos, who have effectively mailed in the season, right? The Broncos are three and six. And then they're going to beat the Cardinals, and they are going to be sitting at nine and two when they go to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to happen. And so the Chargers, I think, are going to be in really good shape to make the playoffs. And uh, I told you they were going to be on a roll, and they've gotten on a roll. And they went on the roll, went on the road, and won in Seattle. I think the wrong team was favored in that game. About the Falcons. Talk a lot about uh, the comeback of the Houston Texans. But the Falcons went on the road and beat the crap out of the Washington Redskins. So if you are a Dallas Cowboy fan and your team is playing tonight sitting at three and four, you don't feel that bad if you get to four and four. We'll see how Amari Cooper does. We'll see what ends up happening. But the Redskins took it on the chin and really got whipped by Matt Ryan and the Falcons, who have fought their way back to 4-4. Four and four. Maybe they're going to be able to get into that playoff picture. They certainly, I don't think, are going to have a chance to win the NFC South because Drew Brees and the Saints are on such a roll. But at 4-4, four and four, I think there's a legitimate belief that they could get to uh, the playoffs. Speaking of a team that does not, and by the way, we're running through everything in the NFL as we always do to open off the open up this uh, uh, the, the show every single Monday. How about the Ravens? The Ravens went on the road. You talk about the difficulty of projecting how teams are going to do. The Ravens went on the road and put up the most dominant performance in the history of the Titans football stadium. Sacked the Titans 11 times. Looked unbeatable, looked unstoppable, looked like a Super Bowl contender to win 21 to nothing. And I thought to myself, my God, this team is pretty phenomenal. The next week, they played really well against the Saints and ended up losing on a blown extra point by Justin Tucker to lose by a point. Then the Panthers just beat their ass, and now the Steelers have come on the road and beaten the Ravens, and the Ravens have now lost three games in a row, and they are sitting at four and five as uh, they head into the bye week, and the Ravens now will be playing against the Bengals when they eventually come back. And I think, honestly, that's pretty much for their season. They can't lose that game. Meanwhile, the Steelers have gotten their ship righted. They don't seem to be missing Le'Veon Bell at all. James Conner is performing at an incredibly high level. And if you're a Steelers fan at this point, we're starting to look like Le'Veon Bell may sit out the whole season, and the Steelers might not even end up missing him that much. The Panthers, I said it before, nobody gets on a better role than Cam Newton. When Cam Newton starts to play well, he's the ultimate front runner. I saw it when he went 14-0 and and won the national title with Auburn. Every week gave him a little bit more confidence, and he continued to get better and better as the season went on. The difference between Cam in September that year and Cam in January when they beat the Oregon Ducks was night and day. 
difference between Cam going on the road, I'm sorry, Alabama fans, and coming back from a 24 to nothing deficit, unbelievable performance on the road in Tuscaloosa, and Cam that played in September, night and day. I think we're starting to see the same thing happen for Cam and the Panthers to start off this season. They are playing at an unbelievably high level. They scored 35 first-half points to effectively put away the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And by the way, credit to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who took some shots against that defense and fought his team's ba- fought his team back into contention after they got down 35-7. to But the Panthers now are sitting at 6-2. and The NFC South is so good. Such a good division between the Panthers and the Saints and the Falcons that I have no idea exactly how the second half of that season is going to go, just that we got three quarterbacks playing at an incredibly high level in that division with Matt Ryan, with Drew Brees, and with Cam Newton. The Vikings went on the road. I'm sorry, it looks like the Lions are done. Vikings went on the road and got a win to get to 5-3-1. and one. The Detroit Lions fall to 3-5 and five in the NFC North. I thought the Lions had pretty good momentum getting to 3-3, three and three, but they have lost two tough games since. They couldn't score. Sorry, the, the, the Vikings could not score uh, any points really on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense made a couple of big-time plays, put away the, uh, the Detroit Lions, and again, Adam Thielen and that offense, even though they only threw for 164 yards, I feel like what you have to be happy about if you are a Viking fan is they finally got a little bit of a rushing attack. They finally got the ability with Dalvin Cook to start to run the football a little bit to take some of the pressure off of the uh, off of the passing offense. And as a result, look, I picked the Vikings to make the Super Bowl and play against the uh, the Chargers. That would not be my pick right now. My pick right now would probably be the Saints going up against, do I, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. We're going to get to the Chiefs here in a minute. But my pick right now would not be what it was before. But the Vikings have at least righted the ship. The Dolphins get the win against the Jets to stay somewhat viable in the AFC wildcard race. The Chiefs go on the road and take care of the Browns. Nothing that extraordinary about that game. And the Bears, I feel bad for Nathan Peterman. I really do. The Bears go on the road and get a relatively easy win against the Buffalo Bills dropping the Buffalo Bills to 2-7. and seven. If you go look at the stats, the Bills have a pretty good uh, defense. Crazily, this has to be one of the first times we've seen something like this happen. The Bears scored 41 points and only posted 190 yards of offense. That's what happens when you turn over a team four times and you score at least two touchdowns on the defensive side of the ball. That is my rundown of the NFL when we come back I will give you my rundown of the weekend that was in college football, give you my uh, my playoff picture, and crack down on all of uh, what we learned in the weekend of the college football playoff uh, chase. I will also tell you, I will open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. This is OutKick. That was our NFL extravaganza as we ran through every game, touched on every team on some level. All of you should be either ecstatic or furious, but it shouldn't be at me because I talked about everybody. This is Outkick the Coverage, and I got to tell you, I know you're big sports fans. Football season's here. A lot of people excited to bet on games. You can get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds 
on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Game already kickoff, don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and you get a 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action, MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY, to get a 100% sign-up bonus. Again, MyBookie.net, 100% bonus for the promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. When we come back, college football, what do we learn? This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Roberto spinning the hits, bringing us back here to the Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm going to give you my rundown of what transpired in college football here uh, momentarily. But first, Eddie Garcia, what you got for me, my man? Let's recap week nine in the NFL. We'll start with Sunday night's game in Foxborough where the Patriots outscored the Packers 14-0 in the fourth quarter to pull away for a 31-17 win. New England now 7-2 on the year. They've won six in a row. They're perfect 5-0 at home. In the battle of future Hall of Fame quarterbacks for New England, Tom Brady had 294 yards passing and a touchdown. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers, 259 yards and two scores in the loss. Late action, game of the day was in New Orleans where the Saints outscored the Rams 45-35, handing L.A. its first loss of the year. Rams are now 8-1 and on the year. New Orleans 7-1 and with the win. Drew Brees led him with four touchdown passes. Chargers won their fifth in a row, improved to 6-2 and with a 25-17 win over the Seahawks. Texans get by the Broncos 19-17. Houston's won six in a row after starting the year. 0-3. In early action, Chiefs beat the Browns 37-21. Kansas City now 8-1. Patrick Mahomes, three more touchdown passes and 375 yards through the air. Steelers won their fourth in a row, beating the Ravens 23-16. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing for Pittsburgh. Panthers outscored the Buccaneers 42-28. Carolina is 6-2 and a perfect 5-0 at home. Bears embarrassed the Bills on the road 41-9. Chicago's defense had two touchdowns, outscoring the Bills' offense. Vikings record a franchise record 10 sacks, return to fumble for a touchdown in a 24-9 win over the Lions. Falcons get four touchdown passes from Matt Ryan in a 38-14 win over the Redskins. And the Dolphins intercept Sam Darnold four times, return one for a touchdown in a 13-6 win over the Jets. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, And I said before, uh, we broke down all the NFL games. I said we'd dive into college football. And you guys know I love college football, much like the NFL, honestly. I spend all weekend watching college football and the NFL trying to think about what's going to happen going forward, trying to think about everything that we just saw. So I hope you listen to me. 
I hope you listened to me last weekend gambling when I was giving you all my college football picks. I had a good week gambling in the NFL, but in college football, I went 11-3 and on my gambling picks for you guys last week. And even the three that I lost could have pretty much been wins. I mean, I was all dialed in on everything, and that started with the big games in the Southeastern Conference, in the SEC. I told you that Alabama was going to roll into LSU and that they were going to dominate. And what was the most watched game of the year so far in college football, Alabama put on a clinic. 29-0. I told you when LSU hired Coach Ed Ogeron. I like him. As long as Nick Saban was there, the gap between LSU and Alabama was going to continue to widen. And this is a crazy stat for you. LSU has not scored a point now at home against Nick Saban since right before halftime in 2014. They have gone 10 straight quarters unable to score against Alabama. That's a mind-blowing stat to be a top college football team playing in what you consider to be your biggest rivalry game now against your former coach, Nick Saban has not allowed, this is a crazy stat, LSU to score a point in 10 straight quarters. And if you remember and you listen to this show, the minute that Nick Saban was asked, do you hope to get the ball or defer? He said, I hope we elect to kick ass. They did kick ass. They outgained LSU by nearly 400 yards. They dominate. Alabama, right now, I went back and looked, and we'll talk some about this. The three best teams I can remember watching in my life as a big college football fan are 95 Nebraska. That was the Tommy Frazier team that I believe scored 62 on Florida to win the championship. 2001 Miami. That was an undefeated Miami Hurricanes team. Should have won in 2002 as well, but they got the late flag Ohio State did to be able to pull off that upset. And 2005, 2004-2005 USC. USC, the 2005 team, lost to Texas in that epic national title Rose Bowl game, the greatest college football game, I think, of my life as a college football fan, Matt Leinart against Vince Young. The year before, they went undefeated. Those three teams, which were dynasty-like, in terms of their overall talent, the best of those dynasties in terms of winning championships, none of them have dominated like Alabama has. The Crimson Tide now 9-0, and and they haven't just won. They have run roughshod over all of their opponents. It hasn't been remotely close. And so I think we can start to ask the question, as Alabama finishes off their season with three straight home games against Mississippi State, Citadel, and Auburn, Is this Alabama team on track right now to be the greatest college football team of all time? And when I say all time, I mean like in the last 40 or 50 years. Because frankly, we don't know about 90 years ago. I know this. I've never seen a team be as dominant as Alabama has through nine weeks. They've beaten every team by 22 or more. To LSU's credit, at least they got Tua to take a snap in the fourth quarter. But man, it was an utter beatdown. I hope you jumped on board the Alabama train, first half line and second half line. Other game, I told you Kentucky's just not that good. Kentucky Wildcats are 7-2, and two, more power to them for having what is a very good year for Kentucky. But 
they're just not that good. And if you question how good they are, Tennessee is not very good at all, right? University of Tennessee, not a very good football team this year in year one with Jeremy Pruitt. Kentucky is favored by three points over Tennessee this weekend in Neyland Stadium. A four and five Tennessee team that beat Charlotte 14 to three. And I think Tennessee is going to beat Kentucky this weekend in Neyland. Not because I think Tennessee's very good, but just because I think Kentucky's just okay. I think Kentucky is somewhere around the 40th or 50th best team in college football. I know they've won some close games. Kentucky fans are in an uproar. You're not that good. You got no offense. Got a pretty good defense, but Georgia just showed up and manhandled you and showed you what a good football team looks like. That game was not close. 28-3, I think about midway through the third quarter, they just showed up and out-physicaled Kentucky. Doesn't mean Kentucky doesn't have a good season. Kentucky might win 10 games. Might beat Tennessee, should beat MTSU, should beat Louisville, who is just freaking awful. We'll get to Clemson right now because that's a good segue. But I hope you listen to me. I think Alabama and Georgia are head and shoulders above everybody else right now in the SEC. Clemson, my God, 77 points. Clemson, I believe right now, is the only team that can challenge Alabama in the college football playoff. I think they're the only team that has the talent on the defensive side of the ball and the talent on the offensive side of the ball to give Alabama a rush, give them a challenge. I think that's going to be our national title game. I think we're going to get Clemson against Alabama for the third time in four years. Clemson is really starting to peak at the right time. We'll see how they do this weekend going up against Boston College. A little bit of a tough environment there. BC is 7-2 and two as well. But Clemson is just on fire right now. They aren't just beating teams in the ACC. They are obliterating them. They have really turned a corner to the decision to go with Trevor Lawrence over Kelly Bryant. Seems like Dabo made the right decision there because Clemson has gone to another gear. We'll get to uh, we'll get Notre Dame wins. My playoff four right now would be uh, Notre Dame gets the win over uh, Northwestern, withstands Northwestern. My playoff four would be Alabama as my one seed, Clemson as my two seed. In the three spot, I would have Notre Dame. And in the four spot, I would have Michigan. What am I going to say about Michigan? What am I going to say about Jim Harbaugh? I'll tell you next. We'll come back. Maybe I'll give an abject apology to Jim Harbaugh for saying he's the most overrated coach in the history of college football. Maybe I will double down. That's what you call a tease, boys and girls. We'll come back. I'll finish off college football. By the way, Hour 3 will be joined by Alex Marvez. Hour 2, we will go to your calls to react to any games that you want to react to in college football or the NFL. When we come back, I'll lead with Michigan and their performance against Penn State. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick 
take off. Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Visit MyBookie.net's website today and use promo code CLAY to get a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY for a 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void were prohibited. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. It's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY for 20% off savings. I got to tell you this, women. A lot of ladies out there. Men can do this. Go to untuckit.com. Save 20%. You know who judges men when they wear bad shirts? You know who gets judged? The wife or girlfriend with them. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. If your husband or your boyfriend's dressing sloppy and you don't trust him, especially as it comes up on the holiday season, people don't judge him. They judge you because you let him leave the house dressed like that, ladies. Untuckit.com. Pick some shirts for him. Use the promo code CLAY. 20% off. I'm just telling you. It's holiday season. Your husband rolls in Thanksgiving looking like a slob. People don't say, I can't believe that man dressed like that. They say, I can't believe that woman let that man leave the house dressed like that. That's what they do. They are judging you. You better get him some good shirts. And men, don't humiliate yourself. Get some decent shirts at untucky.com. All right, Michigan. My top four college football playoff right now, if I was on the playoff selection committee, they will be announcing this on Tuesday night. Number one, Alabama. I don't think anybody can argue it. Number two, Clemson. I don't think anybody can argue it based on the way Clemson has played the last month of the season. They have obliterated everyone. Number three, undefeated still, Notre Dame. Number four, I got Michigan. Now you can say, oh, Clay, you were down on Jim Harbaugh when the season started. That's true. I stand by every opinion I've had about Jim Harbaugh that through three seasons, Jim Harbaugh was the most overrated coach in the history of college football. But this year, this year, if Jim Harbaugh can win his next three, he's got Rutgers. Pray for Rutgers. I don't. I haven't even checked to see what this line's going to have to be. I honestly think it would need to be 45 for me to take Rutgers. That's how bad Rutgers football is. Jim Harbaugh is going to beat Rutgers this weekend. Michigan's going to get to and try to do live math on the air, which is always a challenge. They'll be eight and one after this coming weekend. Then they are going to, uh, sorry, they'll be nine and one. Then they are going to beat Indiana to get to ten and one. And then I want you to go ahead and write this in stone. They are going to go on the road and they are going to beat Ohio State by double digits. It's not going to be close because Ohio State has fallen apart. I watched that game against Nebraska. Our buddy Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson, calling that game. Sorry, they weren't. I watched the game, but they weren't calling. It was Brady uh, Quinn and uh, and uh, whoever Brady Quinn's, uh, Joe Davis. Brady Quinn and Joe Davis were calling it. And, and Nebraska easily could have won that game. Nebraska maybe arguably should have won that game. They played Ohio State completely even. If you're a Cornhusker fan, that's a game where you go back and you put a pin in it and you say, okay, Scott Frost has got us on the right track. Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, everything that they did was almost good enough to go into the shoe and win. But that was as much about Ohio State as it was Nebraska. And what it told me about Ohio State was that team is broken. 
That team, I'm not sure. In fact, I am betting on Michigan State to beat them this weekend coming up in East of Lansing. It's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. We know already that Michigan State many years has had Ohio State's number. Urban Meyer looks utterly anguished. This, I believe, is Urban Meyer's last year coaching at Ohio State. He looks so much like he did at the end of his tenure at Florida, a beaten man whose program's foundation has crumbled around him. I know he's got health issues. He's been using Pete Thamel at the Yahoo Sports, who's his personal uh, Boswell. He just tells him whatever he wants, and Pete Thamel just writes it. So, without question, um, Urban Meyer is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a fraction of the coach that he was when he had things rolling at Ohio State. I think they're going to lose to Michigan State, which will mean for the Big Ten that that Ohio State-Michigan game will be for an elimination game for Michigan. Because there's only two teams alive now who can still make the playoff in the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan. That's it. Ohio State is going to get eliminated from playoff competition this weekend against Michigan State. And then I believe they're going to lose by double digits to Michigan to end the season. The line right now for big game weekend, Michigan is now favored by three points, I believe. I think it's the first time in the Jim Harbaugh era that we have ever seen Michigan favored over Ohio State on any line. I'll tell you this right now. It's eerily similar to what happened at the end of his tenure at Florida when suddenly Nick Saban had eclipsed Florida. Nick Saban was rising at Alabama and he had eclipsed what Urban Meyer had built at Florida. And Urban Meyer couldn't handle the decline of his program and so he ran away from coaching at Florida. I think what's happening is Urban Meyer has seen the future. He knows Jim Harbaugh's program is on ascendance now and that his program is on decline and he's going to run out of Columbus before he starts getting his ass regularly kicked like would happen if he stayed and kept coaching at Ohio State. I've been critical of Jim Harbaugh, but the worm has turned here on the seesaw, Urban Meyer plummeting towards the ground, Jim Harbaugh rising up into the sky. It's going to be a beatdown in that big game to end the season between Ohio State and Michigan. And my four playoff teams, I believe these are going to be the four. Undefeated Alabama, undefeated Clemson. I think Notre Dame could even still lose one of their final three. They play against Florida State, Syracuse, and um, USC to finish the season. I think they could end up losing one of those, still make the playoff. And Michigan. Those are the four playoff teams. We come back, I'm going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. We've covered a ton in college football and the NFL. I will let you dive in and react to anything that you saw over the weekend that you want to discuss with me, 877-996-6369. Alex Marvez will join us in hour three, and we've got an update. A lot of you have been asking about the man-eating killer tiger that had killed 14 people in India. We've got an update. We'll give you an animal Thunderdome at the top of hour two coming up next here on OutKick. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I teased it as we went to break. Major Tiger news. Evidently, our 1984 computers... Um, in the Fox Sports Radio studios are not actually working. What year are our computers? Hmm. 
I really don't know. I think Eddie would have a better answer to that question. Eddie, how old do you think longest. our computers are in the studio? He's over the Lions 24. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's doing one of the uh, regional updates. Oh, let's just listen to his for regional of, update. Do you want to hear for one of the yeah, affiliates? Yeah, let's just ch- check in with Eddie right. and see how the update's going. Let's see. Did he finish? Yeah, he finished. Oh, Eddie, what, um, what station did you just finish an update for? Uh, that was uh, for our news feed that goes out to all of our stations. Ah. All right, so, Eddie, you've been there for a long time, been here for a long time. How old are our computers in the studio? Oh, my. Um, well, they're those ones that have, like, that big tower, you know? Uh, they, they, I would say they re- – and they repurpose them, you know what I mean? We don't ever get new ones here. They just kind of find one that's working decent from somewhere else and kind of plug them in. So, um, I don't know, 10 years old? So – my question in general, like we have, we're on like 400 stations or 300, whatever the hell it is. We're on all 50 states right now, like all over the nation, right? It seems to me like our computers regularly don't work on this show. Is that is that accurate? Uh, it's not just this show. It, it's uh, it's several. Uh, of it's the, the shows. entire network, right? But I mean, like the only show I'm concerned about I is understand. my show. Yeah. So it seems like the computers don't work regularly for our show. That's a fair approximation of, of, of the status, right? That's not a crazy proposition by me. That's accurate. If I just said, screw it, I'm going to give you – like you can buy – this is why I don't understand. Like I – so last year, remember when football season started, somebody – I was in Atlanta, somebody broke in and they stole my laptop. And some people are like, oh my God, you got your laptop stolen. That sucks. But the truth of the matter is – Everything's on the cloud now, so the only thing I was even concerned about with my laptop getting stolen was that I would maybe not be able to remember some of the passwords to like pay my credit cards, for instance, right? Because I had I wasn't at all concerned about my laptop getting stolen. Once I changed the passwords and like logged out of my email accounts and everything else, I wasn't at all because con- you know why. Because I only buy like $350 laptops. I walk into Costco. I assume that a laptop is only going to be good now for like two and a half years, right? And I'm like, well, for what I do, that means that I'm paying $100 a year for a laptop. If you do the math on that, that is whatever it is, like, you know, $8 a month, basically, right? $8 a month is nothing when you consider what you're paying for cell phones and everything else. So buying a $300 or $350 laptop at Costco, if it stops working in two and a half years, I'll just go buy another one. And I never get upset. My laptop never gets overloaded with like storage and everything else because I, I don't know how it works, but I got everything up on the cloud and therefore the laptop itself is not that important. Why so, would the same... Okay, and I'm it's not, like, a, so I'm it's not like a tech a, guy. It's like a burner phone for you, except it's basically, a burner laptop. I basically have a burner laptop at all times, and I just throw them away, destroy them like Hillary Clinton. I just like I just like destroy it. I just get out the the. I just get a hammer like in office <laughs> space. I just destroy my old laptops, and then I just throw them in the trash, right? Like and just toss them aside. And so, and at that point in time, they've slowed down. They're not working right. I think that the average laptop. I don't know if people agree with me, but I think the average lifestyle of a laptop now is about two years. Why would we not be able to do the same thing for computers in the Fox Sports Radio studio? If I just gave you guys two grand and I said, go to Costco and buy a bunch of new computers, why could we not do that? Every, why could we not do that every two years and never have this be an issue? I could buy laptops for the entire Fox Sports Radio universe. What would be wrong with that? Um, 
Well, I don't, I don't know. There, there. I mean, there's a department that we kind of have to go through. Yeah, when we install I'm not, I'm not, all those. There's things a huge and, bureaucracy right, in every right, right. major business, right? I'm just saying, I'm a fix things guy, right? Like, I don't sit around and worry about like, did we check the right box? Did we get this solved? I just say like, hey, if you got an issue, that's how I started my company, right? I just, I, and and the good thing about having a company that doesn't have that many employees is somebody comes to me and says, hey, if we do this, it'll be a lot more efficient. I'm like, okay, do it, right? I don't have to worry about some huge bureaucracy. There's not 10,000 people employed at my company. I just see a problem and I solve it immediately, right? So in theory, and let's leave aside the bureaucracy and the fact that like our boss, Scott Shapiro's always emailed, hey, we got to do this new sexual harassment training on the computer, right? Like oh, all yeah. the things that huge, yeah, I know you guys have to do them too. We got to figure out like all the new huge training things that major companies have, the massive bureaucracy that drives you crazy because nothing can actually happen. Let's assume that didn't exist. And I was running this Fox Sports Radio just by myself. If I gave you guys two grand to go buy computers, would they work flawlessly in your mind for like the next two years? Well, they might, but you also have to keep in mind that if they're going to be in here, I I would assume that everyone else is going to be able to use them as well. And so that's 24 hours a day of people using laptops and, uh, you know, more wear and tear, I guess, than your your average computer, I would guess. Now, so maybe they only last a year. Okay. Either way, for two grand, I think we could solve the computer issue every year. Yeah, I don't know if two grand would do it because there's about seven towers in here. So not laptops. I'm talking like a home computer. In this case, it would be a studio computer. It seems to me that almost everything can be done from anywhere now right like i see uh, all these uh, the technology is moving towards where i know that like when i travel if i just have a periscope uh if i have a uh, a wi-fi signal i can immediately go live anywhere in the world and people can immediately start commenting i can react to anything seems to me like that would be doable Maybe we're going to make so much money from this next segment. The reason why this is all coming up, by the way, are are the laptops working well enough to play the intro to the Animal Thunderdome yet? Uh, it's actually the main brain of the, the network, and, and it's frozen at the moment. That's so. like the worst one yeah. that could possibly uh-huh. go down. <laughs> so we don't have Maybe the we intro. we just replace that one. Do we have... It, do we have any music that we can play as intro for the Animal Thunderdome here? Uh, if you give me a second, I can go to the backup here on my computer and find the intro for Animal Danny, Thunderdome. Danny, if, right. if you have a number, I could fire it on mine, too. Okay, uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I really well it. done, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, right, so we are going to play the intro to the Animal Thunderdome because I teased this as we went to break. We have major, breaking, massive, seismic, extraordinary, incomprehensibly huge news to break to you about the man-eating tiger that had killed 14 people in India. And I am teasing now because I want to get the lead in. Dub, are you queued up and ready to go there? We're putting Dub up right now for you. Is Dub alive? Is he actually yeah. alive? He's right. there. you gotta, you got to be patient with Roberto because he's on the phone with Tech right now. Oh, Roberto is yeah. on the phone with Tech. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So, what? Uh, by the way, who do we call for Tech? Karis. Who is, like, you just woke him up at, like, 3 a.m. in L.A. to tell him that the mainframe is frozen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be really helpful. And also really excited to get woken up to start his work week at 3 a.m. with the uh, with the, the entire computer system is frozen. Do we have the Animal Thunderdome audio now? I am 20 seconds away from it. All right. In the meantime, uh, the time changed, in case you're not aware. And so I hope you're not going to be late for work this morning because we continue to have this antiquated, absurd, indefensibly stupid 
decision to change the time every November and every, what is it, March? I think it's every March. Every March in November, it drives me insane. Uh, and at least this one, it's a fall back. But you know what doesn't fall back or spring forward? My kids. They get up at the same time. In fact, I just went downstairs here in my house. It's 5.50 in the morning, right when we go to break. My son's been up for 30 minutes. He's just sitting there watching YouTube highlights of Alabama and LSU. I'm like, dude, why are you up? It's 5.30 in the morning. He said, well, I went to bed last night at 6. <laughs> I Everything, and that's not true. He didn't go to bed that early. But everything has been out of whack because kids' time clocks don't change. I don't know why we ever change the time. This is I'm going to get on a I'm going to climb onto a huge soapbox and go off on this soon. Hey, Clay, but, this is my second time change because I was in Europe when they changed their clocks last week, and now we I didn't think it they here. changed the time. No, in they, Europe. yeah, they did. So we, you we, had to go through the time change in Croatia, and then you came back here in the time yeah, change. Yeah, we again. had to make sure we were on top of it, so we didn't we weren't like an hour late for our flight. The only thing that's good about this is at least Apple is on top of this. Like the phones automatically change time. But I was, I, I feel like, you, you know, you wake up and you feel like you don't know what time it is. I looked at the wall. I completely forgot. I, I rarely do this. But on Sunday morning, I think because I knew kind of in the back of my mind apprehensively that something was going on with the time situation, I woke up like with a start, looked over at my, my clock. I have one of those uh, clocks that like projects onto the wall. So because in my, you guys know this when you're on the time zone that we're on like I wake up in the pitch black it doesn't matter what the uh, what the time zone is on right there's never been a time where I am in this time zone where I'm not waking up at the pitch black so when you wake up at the pitch black it doesn't matter whether it's like midnight or 2 a.m or 4 a.m it always looks the same I woke up at 6 20 with a start and I was like oh my god I slept through the first half of the show because I I have not I, I think I'm correct in this I have never, now we've had tech issues and we haven't been able to come on, but I have so far in three years never slept through the open of the show, right? I want to say that that happened one time. Oh, you know what? I might yeah. have done it one yeah, time. Yeah, you did it one time. Yeah, but Jason Martin was still here. Yeah, True. that's one, That's right, one time. Other times there have been major tech issues. So we have the Animal Thunderdome news to play now? Yep. The open? Are All you right. ready? I am ready. This better be extraordinary. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bulge constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right. Dub, this was a massive story. We have gotten so many texts. Uh, I got texts about it, actually. We got so many tweets. We got so many people reacting to it. Uh, what is the story out of India? So late Friday night in India, the man-eating tiger named T1 was shot and killed. Now, the plan was to tranquilize the man-eater, but according to the hunters that tried to capture her, she roared and charged after being hit with a tranquilizer dart at short range. So they just had to do what they had to do, and they, they shot the man-eater down. So this is a big deal. Uh, we have gotten, I mean, maybe one of the best, maybe the best interview we've ever done. We had uh, Nawab Shafat uh, Ali Khan, who was the uh, the most esteemed tiger hunting uh, killer in all of India. And this was his son ended up, like, it's, it's like a family thing. It's like the Gracies. The Gracies were like the UFC champs who never lost. This is like the, uh, the tiger killing uh, is something that is passed along from one generation to another. 
it was Nawab's son who actually killed the tiger, right, as he charged, as this female tigress charged the uh, the jeep that they were in. That's correct. And and some other another wrinkle in this story I read, and we're going to have to get confirmation from Nawab Shafat Ali Khan on this, but apparently on Friday afternoon, forest rangers sprayed some Calvin Klein obsession and tiger urine in an area where T1 was believed to be hiding. And lo and behold, later that evening, villagers spotted the tigress, ran for help, and that's how the tiger was killed. So we think the obsession cologne might have actually worked. It may have actually worked. That's correct. For those... For those of you who don't know this, what initially, like, first of all, obviously we do the Animal Thunderdome on this show, but what initially attracted me to this story was I saw the headline about how they were going to use Obsession Cologne, which was wildly popular in like 1991 in America. Nobody, if you lived, if you lived in America in 1991, Calvin Klein Obsession was the scent of choice. There was, I don't know, what, what percentage of men do you think wear cologne? Like 10%? 15%? It's a low percentage, right? When was the last time, let's go around the horn, when was the last time you put on cologne? I'll start with you, Dub. Oh, God, I don't, eighth grade, maybe? Yeah, okay. Uh, Danny G. Clay, I actually have something better than an answer. What do you think I might have for you right now? Do we have Nawab? Yes, we do. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. All right, so let's go ahead and bring him up. This is an incredible, we've tracked down uh, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, he has killed the man-eating tiger, T1, the tigr- tigress that killed 14 people. Should we should we go right now or should we go to break right now and come back so we don't no, have to worry? Actually, go ahead and do it now because we have all the time we need at this moment. All right, let's go to him. Nawab uh, Shafat Ali Khan, congratulations. Uh, I can't believe we got you. Tell me about it. Thank you very much. It was a very, very challenging operation that we went through. And uh, thrice the tigers came charging at us almost 10 meters. And we made all attempts to tranquilize her. But ultimately, even the dart was fired. But she was so ferocious and angry that the moment the tranquilizing dart hit her, she turned and charged at us. And my son, Azgar Ali Khan, who is 35 years old, stood his ground and shot her with the 458 Winchester Magnum from 10 meters. And that brought the end of the man-eater India was searching for for past one and a half years. So were you in the Jeep when the, when the man-eating tiger was shot? Yes. She had come to the same village where she had killed three people in September. And the people out there were terrified. They called the forest department and hurriedly a team was set up and sent in an open jeep. While they went there, she got into the bushes. And after some time, the forest team with my son located her. And as the dart was fired, she turned and came for us all out. And they fired in self-defense for them killing the tiger. How many people were in the jeep? There were five people. One was the forest-authorized officer who was firing the tranquilizing dart. There were two foresters to identify the tigers, one driver, and my son, Azgar Ali Khan. What does it feel like when a tiger charges you? Oh, it can be very, very unnerving. You're seeing death straight in the face. Because an angry tiger, when it roars, 
and comes for you, you're seeing death in the face and it comes like an arrow. A tiger, angry tiger charges so fast that the eye cannot focus on it. And it's just point and shoot. And it's the survival of the quickest. Either you fire and get the tiger or the tiger gets you. How many times have you yourself shot at a tiger as it charges you? Well, I have shot three tigers in similar situations and several leopards, uh, man-eating leopards. In fact, last year I shot a leopard which had killed seven people and that leopard charged at me and I was on the ground walking and tracking it and I shot that leopard from three meters. How long, did, when you, when, that's unbelievable, when you shoot an animal like that, how long does it take for your adrenaline to come back down and for you to feel normal again? I imagine it is such a high-stress moment that it takes a long time to come back down to normal, the way you normally feel. Yes, it's quite an unnerving experience. It affects my sleep even the following day. And uh, when I close my eyes, that terrifying charge comes back to me all over again. And it takes almost two to three days for one to be normal. Do you have nightmares about tigers and leopards and animals charging you, given what you have done for a living for so long? Yes, I do get nightmares. But now, having done it for 40 long years, and having faced rogue elephants and man-eating tigers and bear coming close, it's become a way of life for me. And I have dedicated my life for the cause of those poor Indians who suffer in silence, whose family members get killed and maimed by these rogue animals. For people who did not hear your interview with us last time, and I appreciate you joining us live from India, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, what is your title, and how did you become the person who was in charge of trying to track down this man-eating tiger, T1, this tigress, that had killed 14 people? I'm uh, the probably the only licensed hunter in India whom the government relies upon whenever they are in a tight corner because we have very strict conservation laws, and... When a rogue, uh, when a rogue elephant or a man-eating tiger uh, gets out of control and continues to kill people, first option is to try and tranquilize it, then to try and cage it. But in these processes, uh, the animal continues to kill people, and when we land up at 14, 15 human deaths, then there is revolt, and the government finally turns to me. And then it becomes my job to follow the animal on foot in thick bushes where it's taking cover during day, where it's feeding on a human body. And several times I have had to collect limbs, hands, legs of dead bodies, put them in a bag and bring them for postmortem. What was the reaction in the village and all over the area of India where the tiger had been stalking people when people found out that you and your, your, your son had killed this tiger? Oh, there was jubilation and bursting of crackers, and my son was virtually carried from village to village, and um, he was garlanded, and he was carried from village to village, and people were extremely happy that the 
problem was over. Children had not gone to schools for three months, and people had not stepped out of their houses after sundown. Crops were ready for harvest, and nobody could go in and harvest their fields out of fear of the man-eater. We're talking to Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. He's been tracking a man-eating tiger that killed 14 people in India. You have been trying to catch this tiger or kill this tiger for how long? We were there for almost 40 days. But before we reached the spot, the uh, state government and forest department and veterinarians, they were trying to capture it for one and a half long years. We read about this in our New York Times newspaper here in the United States. They talked about the use of the obsession cologne as something that the tiger found irresistible. Did that help in any way in your mind this uh, hunt come to success, successful conclusion? No, it didn't work. These things don't work on Indian animals. The Royal Bengal Tiger is an extremely intelligent cat. And these things don't work. We have to rely on traditional tracking methods, traditional stalking of the animal on foot in extremely thick bushes. And uh, that is the only thing that works for these dangerous man-eaters. What would have happened if you had tranquilized this man-eating tiger? Where would it have gone? Even assuming it was tranquilized, it would have gone to a rescue center for life imprisonment. And I know that there are some people who are upset. I'm not one of them. When I hear that there is a man-eating tiger, I think you have to kill the tiger. What would you say to people who are upset that the tigress had to be killed? You see, the people who are upset have vested interests. Most of the animal rights activists have a vested interest. They have NGOs and they have funding from abroad. Nobody who's a genuine conservationist will approve that a problematic tiger or a leopard should remain in the system. This is very much against conservation ethics. Because if we allow one problematic animal to survive for long periods of time and feed on innocent human beings, then the entire human population of that area becomes anti-wildlife. They begin poisoning tigers. So in the long run, we have to think of saving the tiger, not a tiger. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, they just killed a man-eating tiger in India. He came on with us uh, several weeks ago. I want to go back to what makes a tiger start eating humans. They don't naturally eat humans. We aren't typical prey for tigers. You have trekked and, and gone after tigers and other big cats for your entire life. Why does a tiger start to kill humans, and why do they continue to kill humans once they start? The basic factor that drives them to man-eating is stress. In India, we have more tigers in small, small pockets of forests. And tiger is a territorial animal. When their numbers increase, the ratio to land-to-animal ratio, they come out of the forest and they are into agricultural fields. Here, they don't get the required base prey the wild boar, deer, and all that, what a tiger generally feeds on, 
is not available outside the forest. So they start feeding on domestic cattle. That brings them closer to the shepherds and the villagers. And in this process, they lose the natural fear they have for man. And once this fear is demolished, they begin to see man as a natural prey, as a monkey, as, as, a, as a goat. And then they begin to stalk a man. This particular tigerous T1 used to stalk old women who would return to the village in the evenings. I have had her pug marks superimposed on an old lady's footprints for more than a kilometer. That was a week ago. So once they become man-eaters, they realize that man is very easy to kill. A man cannot smell a tiger like a deer can smell. A man cannot run away from a tiger like a wild boar can run. So killing a man becomes very easy and man doesn't have a thick skin like other animals have. So the tiger and its cubs can start feeding very, very comfortably. So once they kill a man, they realize that killing this species is easy and they continue to kill whenever they get a possibility of killing a man. What about the cubs for the tigress? I know that you told us last time that she had two cubs that maybe also were feeding on people. What will happen to those cubs? Yes, those cubs are sub-adults now. They are almost 11 months old and as big as a jaguar you have in U.S. And they have also been feeding on human beings. Now I have made a plan to capture them alive. We are giving them baits now and trying to localize them. Once they, localize, once they are localized, we'll try and tranquilize them and move them to a rescue center before they become blown out man now, how do you know that you got the right tiger? All tiger, tiger stripes are like our fingerprints. No two tigers have the same pattern of stripes. So we have enough and more camera trap images of this man-eating tigerous T1. And she was compared in the lab after she died. And the report has come that she was the problematic animal we were looking for that's fantastic news what will you do now so i know you're going to come to the united states eventually because we want to have you in studio for a big discussion uh, to talk all about this but what will you do now where are you and what is your next assignment my next assignment on the agenda at the moment is to safely capture the cubs because the honorable supreme court of india has directed me to safely tranquilize these cubs and move them to a rescue center. So that is top on the agenda. And once that's done, then I have a few more assignments waiting for me. There are some problematic elephants in Northeast India, which we have to tackle. And hopefully by New Year, I should be over with my, uh, with my projects here and wait for an invitation from you to come and share a dice and share my videos, and talk to my brothers in the U.S. We cannot wait. Stay safe, Mr. Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. Congratulations on getting that man-eating tiger, and we can't wait for you to come to the United States and share your stories with us in person.
Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day indeed. That is Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. I have run way over. We got to take a break here. When we come back, we'll discuss. We'll open up the phone lines. You guys can react to that interview and that story. Good work by Danny G. Getting him live on the air there. 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We just had Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. If you're just getting into your car, they have killed the man-eating tiger in India. He just called in with us from India to update us. I'm going to take some of your calls here, go right to your phone lines. Uh, incredible work by Danny G to get him live on there at the top of hour two. If you missed it, you can go download the podcast. He was incredible. We may also, I'm sure, replay it this week at some point. Brent and Dayton. What's up, Brent? Hey, Clay. Great show. Every time you have that guy on, it is unbelievable radio. That is pure gold. He is. I could listen to that dude talk all day long. I can't wait till you guys have him on again. I'm with you. I mean, there are a few guests when they come on that, like, I'm on pins and needles because I have no idea what the answer to every question is going to be. He's one of them. Jordan in uh, South Carolina. What's up, Jordan? Yeah, how's it going, Clay? Thanks for having me on. That was a fantastic interview. I was, you know, driving to work and just on the edge of my seat. I think we need to do a uh, outkick caveat to uh, Animal Thunderdome and maybe find out where in the world our animal hunter is. Uh, of the man-killing species and uh, do a little follow-up there. Fantastic stuff, Clay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just, like, I hear this and I think to myself, how is this guy's life story not a movie? Like, he just goes from tracking one killer animal to another. Matt in Orlando. What's up, Matt? Yeah. Hey, Clay. I just want to say that was an amazing interview, and I'm looking forward to hearing from that guy again. I appreciate it. Appreciate the show. Thank you. I mean, I'm the same as you guys. I mean, I just find this guy, Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, to be maybe, I mean, the real most interesting man in the world. I, I mean, I am blown away. Craig in Denver. What's up, Craig? Hey, thanks for having me on. First time listener. Uh, excellent interview. You're incredibly passionate about what you do, and that I appreciate the most. I think Thank the only you. problem is there are too many people in the world. <laughs> there are definitely, thanks for the call. There are definitely too many people in the world. I love that that could be the first time you've ever heard the show. Like you just happen to be in your car and you're hearing me interview a tiger hunter. You're like, what in the world is this? What goes on on this show on a daily basis? Well, first of all, I have no idea what's going to go on on a daily basis. I'm just like you guys. I don't know what's going to happen. We sit down and uh, and start talking here. But my God, what I love too that there are all these people who are upset in India. You just killed a tiger that has killed 14 people. And some people are like, why didn't they tranquilize him? You heard Nawab said they would have had to put the tiger in life imprisonment. Do you want to try to feed a tiger that's already killed 14 people? I mean, that's like this is like the Hannibal Lecter of tigers. I don't want to be responsible for that tiger. You want to be trying to put food in his cage? You want to be responsible for taking care of him for the next 20 years and life imprisonment? You can't leave a tiger that killed 14 people out in the wild. Clarice, I don't want to be Clarice. I don't want to be Clarice for that tiger. I don't want to get Hannibal Lecter. That would be terrifying. Uh, absolutely incredible interview. Um, we will go, by the way, in hour three back into the NFL and into college football. But I am still blown away by the fact that, I mean, 
Can you imagine the nightmares you would have if you regularly stalk tigers? You're just walking through the bush. You can't see anything. They said one of the reasons it's been so hard, I mean, they've been trying to kill this tiger for a year and a half. One of the reasons it's been so hard recently since they called in Nawab Shafat Ali Khan is because the brush is so high. It's like shoulder-length brush, so you really have almost no ability to see anything. It's overwhelming. We'll continue to have your reactions, 877-996-6369. We ran way over with that interview, not surprisingly, so we got to catch back up with uh, the rest of the show. And I got to tell you, we know you're big sports fans, and with football season here, a lot of you are excited to wager on games. You can get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net, industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. Take aside the total or even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Again, that's promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, to get a 100% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. We come back. More of your reaction, 877-996-6369. And we'll head back in NFL College Football Monday edition. Now kick the coverage. They got the man-eating tiger. We just heard from Nawab Shafat Ali Khan. If you missed it and you're just waking up, you better go download the podcast. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Geico Outkick Studios. The reactions on Twitter, pretty phenomenal. I'm going to read some of the best. Uh, more impressive tiger killer says the Duke of Rossville. Ellen Norgren, Nick Saban, or Nawab Shafath Ali Khan? Ooh, that's a good one. I'd put that poll question up, but I don't think everybody would get it unless you're listening to the show right exactly at this moment. More impressive tiger killer, (laughs) Ellen Norgren, Nick Saban, or Nawab Shafath Ali Khan? Since Nawab Shafath Ali Khan actually killed a tiger, And Ellen Nordgren just figuratively killed a tiger. Nick Saban killed a tiger mascot. I'm going to go with Nawab Shafath Ali Khan. That is pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, Swervin asks, how the hell does the Tiger Hunter's phone sound better than every phone in the U.S.? I don't know. This is my big conspiracy theory that I've been on since I came back from London. My phone worked flawlessly in London. I, we have the worst cell phone network, I think, in the world. I, this is my big thing. We were, talk, we were complaining about computers earlier. I don't understand why at this point, like, it, okay, like in 2001, in the turn of the century when everybody was just getting cell phones, I could understand how sometimes cell phone networks didn't work. How is it possible that there can be areas in my community where my cell phone has not worked for 20 years? And how can one of them be the airport? I landed, I travel a decent amount. I land at Nashville, uh, at Nashville's airport. I took off in London, everywhere all over London, all over England. My phone works flawlessly. I land in the United States at the Nashville airport and AT&T doesn't work there. How is that possible? How is it possible I can have no bars at a major airport in the United States and that can't be fixed? 
How is it possible that you and I and every single person listening to us right now can be driving down the road and you can say, hey, I'm probably going to lose you here. I'm about to go through a dead zone. Every single person listening to me in all 50 states, there is a part of your regular commute or regular drive that you make where you know it's impossible to talk to somebody on the phone. If we all know this, how could it not get fixed? It doesn't seem an irrational goal at this point in time to have cell phone networks work flawlessly everywhere. My wife was talking about this. We went to go see over the weekend the new uh, Neil Armstrong movie about about First Man. Pretty good movie. Not going to be nominated for an Oscar. Pretty enjoyable movie. But my wife and I were sitting around, we're talking about in 1969 when we were walking on the moon, they had a live feed from the moon that everybody in the world could watch of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the surface of the moon. How is it possible that we in 1969 can broadcast worldwide from the moon and I can't drive to my gym and have my cell phone work the whole drive? I don't understand it. Well, Kyrie but Irving so, says that that was actually in a Hollywood studio. Yes, yeah. I know there are people who don't believe that the moon <laughs> landing is real. But Kyrie Irving also believes the earth is flat, evidently believing that every picture of the earth that's been taken from space is made up so uh i don't know that kyrie irving necessarily should be considered the magellan of our times um i gotta say it doesn't make any sense to me but nawab shafat ali khan's phone being flawless in india you could actually hear indian traffic driving by in the distance there and he's somehow better than most of the people who try to call me from kentucky doesn't make any sense we can go live to nawab shafat ali khan in india and his cell phone can be perfect 90% of the people who call us from the state of Kentucky, we can't understand anything they say on the show. Doesn't make any sense at all to me. All right, we go back in. Top of hour three, college football, NFL. I'll dive in to uh, tell you my biggest takeaways from uh, both sports over the weekend. I'll give you my playoff four, and I'll give you my outkick national top ten. Then we will join uh, Alex Marvez, and he will break down everything that he saw from uh, the NFL perspective. And uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming Monday night football game tonight between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. All that on the horizon as we roll into hour three. But I got to tell you, if you have not yet signed up for the podcast, you're going to want to do it to hear the interview with Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, the man who killed the killer tiger in India. He just joined us earlier in this same hour. And uh, I think all of you will enjoy that. So search out OutKick, sign up for the podcast, make sure that you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter if you don't know how to do it, and I'll tweet out the link to the show later. It's easy to subscribe. My name is Clay Travis. This is OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios, final hour, Monday edition. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote and We're brought to you by Discover Card. Uh, We treat you like you treat you, and we've treated you really well. First couple of hours in the books, including an incredible interview with Nawab Shafat Ali Khan, the man who killed the man-eating tiger that killed 14 people in India. Need to download the podcast. Make sure that you do if you want to hear that interview from hour two. I know a lot of people had heard that interview the first time we talked with him when he was in the middle of the hunt. They killed the tiger over uh, the weekend. Uh unbelievable amount of you i appreciate all the people who reached out and immediately sent me that article uh when i woke up on saturday morning it was uh it was out and it has since ricocheted across the entire globe and uh that was an incredible interview well done by danny g getting him on we are going to talk with uh, alex marvez we do every single monday in the next segment we will break down everything in the world of the nfl so right here and now 
I want to talk about what happened over the weekend in college football. And in particular, I would say my four college football playoff teams right now as we enter into the second week of the season in November, three weeks of the regular season left. Alabama's the one seed. Clemson is the two seed. I don't think anyone can argue with either of those determinations. I'll break down Alabama here in a second. But Clemson, let's talk about Clemson here for a moment and what they have done. Clemson, listen to this, the past four weeks, the past four weeks, uh, Clemson has won 63-3, to 41-7, to 59-10, and now 77-16. to 16. Uh, I believe those opponents were Wake Forest, um, North Carolina State, 59-10 to 10 last week. I can't even remember who they dominated last week right now. Florida State, sorry Seminole fans. And they just beat Louisville. Again, their last four weeks, 63-3, 41-7, 59-10, 77-16. I have got Clemson in as my number two seed. Alabama. Let's talk about Alabama for a second. Alabama right now, I believe, is on track to potentially be the greatest college football team of all time. I went back and I looked at past incredible teams in my life. All right, There are only a few teams that really stand out. There have been lots of good teams. There's not that many great teams. In my life as a huge college football fan, I am 39. That means I have a pretty good working knowledge going back to 85, 84 or 85. That's a long time, relatively speaking. I understand that a lot of you are older than me listening to this show right now, and you can go back further than me. So I'm only speaking to teams that I remember watching as a a fan. To me, there are three teams that have stood out over the last 40 years-ish of college football that have been great teams. 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers. They had one 14-point win along with a 24 and a 23-point win. The 2001 Miami Hurricanes. These are undefeated national championship winning teams. 2001 Miami Hurricanes had one 11-point win and a narrow two-point win on the road at Virginia Tech. And the 2004 USC Trojans that led into the 2005 USC Trojans, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, that era team, they lost in 2005 to Texas. Otherwise, I think that 2005 team might have been even better. But they had several close games in both seasons. In my opinion, Alabama through nine games has won every game by 22 or more points. We have never in the modern era, modern era being defined as the last 40 years, we have never in the modern era of college football had any team that is as dominant as 2018 Alabama is. Now, they play Mississippi State this weekend. Mississippi State's got a very good defense. They play Citadel, which is basically a get-healthy game. And then they play Auburn. All three of those games are in Tuscaloosa. Alabama, I think, is going to win all three. And I believe that ultimately, Alabama will be entering into the SEC title game against Georgia, and we will be sitting back saying, are they capable of becoming our first ever 15-0 team? No college football team has ever gone 15-0. And can they win every game by double digits? Not only are they going to go 15-0, can they win every game by double digits? We'll see. So far, they have won every game by 22 or more. And by the way, the game that they won by 22... Texas A&M, Texas A&M scored with like a minute left. 
or two minute le- two minutes left in that game. It was forty five to sixteen, and A and M scored on a late drive to make it a twenty two point game. Not that twenty two points is that close, but it took a two a touchdown with like two minutes left to be able to get there. I think what Alabama did against LSU is the defense answered a lot of questions because there's been a lot of talk about oh well Alabama's really good, but I'm not sure their defense is as good as past Nick Saban defenses have been. And I think that's a little bit misconstrued because I think what has happened is Alabama's offense has been so good that they haven't even worried about how the defense needs to play and they've given up late touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns after the game was already in doubt. But if you look at the past three games they've played, you have 10 points to Missouri. Missouri, by the way, went on the road and beat the crap out of Florida. Missouri's a pretty good football team. They gave up 21 to Tennessee, but that's not actually accurate because the offense, the defense, sorry, Tennessee's defense scored one of those touchdowns, and they gave up none to LSU. So I think part of this is just people looked at the scoreboard and they said, "Oh, ten, Alabama gave up 23 to Texas A&M." Well, look at that. They gave up 16, and then A&M scored a touchdown with a couple of minutes left. Well, they gave up 31 to Arkansas. That well, they first of all they scored sixty five. Secondly, Arkansas scored with eight seconds left in that game to make it a thirty one point game. So if you actually unpack a lot of these games, I think the Alabama defense has been a lot better than maybe they've gotten credit for. And certainly they were incredible on the road against LSU. Wild stat for you: in Baton Rouge, in the last ten quarters, LSU has not scored a point against. Nick Saban on offense. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Uh, My college football playoff, big win for Michigan. I am sliding Michigan now into my college football playoff to replace LSU who lost. I don't even think this is difficult at this point in time. I think the four playoff teams are Alabama as the one seed. Clearly the two seed is Clemson. Clearly I think the three seed is Notre Dame, which found a way to get past Northwestern. And in the four spot is... Michigan, who I think is going to go 12-1 and now. I think they are going to lambast and blow out Ohio State. I just think Ohio State is a broken football team right now. Here is my top 10. My outkick top 10 for all of you out there right now. Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Michigan 4, Georgia 5, Oklahoma 6, Washington State 7, West Virginia 8, LSU 9, and Ohio State 10. West Virginia got a hell of a win. Hell of a win if you were watching the end of that game. Joel Klatt, uh, Gus Johnson calling it on Fox. The two-point conversion attempt. They had three different timeouts that were called, three different potential plays that were going to be run. Tom Herman calls a timeout and stops a slant pattern touchdown to David Sills on the second, uh, second formation. Third formation, West Virginia switches plays again, calls Will Greer, on the quarterback sneak, and Will Greer scores 42-41 win for West Virginia. Incredible performance. West Virginia now still alive to make the college football playoff. So if you're out there right now as we enter the second week of the college football season and you are saying, okay, who is actually in the mix to make the college football playoff? I think we've narrowed it down substantially. In the SEC... In the SEC, we are down to Alabama and Georgia. And I believe 
that Alabama, as long as they don't lose two games, has basically punched their ticket to the college football playoff. If Alabama enters the SEC title game at 12-0, and as I believe they will, there is no way on earth out there that you can tell me that if they lose to Georgia, Alabama is still not one of the four best teams in college football. So I think if you are a fan of a team and you don't want there to be multiple SEC teams, you need to be rooting for Alabama to go 13-0 and and be the overall number one seed. So Alabama, I believe, is essentially in the playoff. I think Georgia could get in the playoff if they finish 12-1, and which would require them beating Auburn this weekend, beating Georgia Tech, and whoever else is on their schedule. I can't remember the other team. And then they would need to beat Alabama in the SEC title game. I think both then would get in Alabama and Georgia. Otherwise, if Alabama goes 13-0, only the Crimson Tide are in. All right, so that is the SEC playoff picture. In the Big Ten, I think you're down to two teams too, Michigan and Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to lose this weekend to Michigan State. I think Michigan's going to win out. I think they may blow out Ohio State in uh, the shoe to finish the season, the regular season. But there are two teams remaining. You need to have a one-loss champ in the Big Ten to get a team in. I think that team will be Michigan. I think Michigan's going to go 12-1. and But we will see. Michigan on their schedule only has remaining Rutgers and Indiana prior to playing Ohio State. No way Michigan's losing to Rutgers or Indiana. Ohio State has to go on the road twice. They have to go on the road against Michigan State, and they have to go on the road against Maryland. I think Ohio State could lose either of those games. I think the Buckeyes are not a very good football team right now. I think they're getting worse as the season continues. That's the Big Ten playoff picture. Big 12 playoff picture, you got West Virginia, who got the big win over Texas, two-point conversion for Will Greer, walk-off, essentially. And you have got Oklahoma, which got a never-ending game, the win. Kyler Murray was fantastic. I think Kyler Murray's going to come in second in the Heisman voting behind Tua, who may almost win it unanimously uh, at this point in time. But I think that uh, Oklahoma against West Virginia, those two teams play on the final Friday of the college football season the day after Thanksgiving in Morgantown, West Virginia. Would be a lot of fun if both of those teams are 10-1, and Oklahoma and West Virginia. Still some landmines in particular on West Virginia's schedule to see whether or not that's possible. But there are two teams still alive to make the playoff from the Big 12. In the Pac-12, it's Washington State or bust. The fighting Mike Leaches continue to win Mike Leach's coaching job at Washington State has been one of the most impressive that we have seen put forward by anyone, anywhere. Just absolutely extraordinary performance by Mike Leach and Washington State so far. Notre Dame, I think, is effectively in. Certainly they're in if they win their last three. I think they can get in if they win two out of the final three. And I believe certainly Clemson is in, and they are the only ACC team that is still in the mix. That is your college football playoff picture. That is the college football landscape in 13 minutes for me to start off our number three. Up next, Alex Marvez will talk about the entirety of the NFL and the games that we just saw. Big time win last night by the Patriots. We will talk about that win. Are the Packers done? What is going to happen going forward? Plus, I'll discuss... Vance Joseph and whether or not he is going to survive very much longer as the head coach of the Denver Broncos after their bad loss 
on a 51-yard field goal miss against the Houston Texans. We know you're all big sports fans. Football season's here, and a lot of you are excited to wager on games. You can get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football and all your other favorite sporting events. Take aside the total, or you can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code CLAY. That's C-L-A-Y when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Game already kickoff. Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even esports. No better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's MyBookie.net, promo code CLAY, for a 100% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void where prohibited. Up next, it's NFL discussion with Alex Marvez. Live, outkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico, Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And this is, as always, a confident show. Particularly, we have Alex Marvez about to join us and break down everything that he saw yesterday in NFL action. But first... Let's go ahead and bring in my guy, Alex Marvez. Find out what's shaking the world of sports. All right, this report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Week 9 in the NFL, Sunday Night Football. Patriots improved to 7-2. They've won 6 in a row. They're 5-0 at home with a 31-17 win over the Packers. Tom Brady had 294 yards and a touchdown passing for New England in the win. Aaron Rodgers, 259 yards, two touchdowns in the loss for Green Bay. In the game of the day, it was the Saints handing the Rams their first loss of the season, 45-35 the final in New Orleans. Rams are now 8-1. Saints improved to 7-1. Drew Brees had four touchdowns, over 300 yards passing for the Saints. Chargers won their fifth in a row. They're now 6-2 after knocking off the Seahawks 25-17. Texans edged the Broncos 19-17. Houston's won six in a row after starting the year 0-3. In the early action, Chiefs beat the Browns 37-21. Patrick Mahomes three more touchdowns for Kansas City. They moved to 8-1 on the year. Steelers won their fourth straight, beating the Ravens on the road 23-16. Ben Roethlisberger, three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. Panthers outscored the Buccaneers 42 to 28. Carolina improves to six and two. They're a perfect five and zero at home. Bears embarrass the Bills 41 to nine. That's in Buffalo. Chicago's defense had two touchdowns, outscoring Buffalo's offense. Vikings hit a franchise record 10 sacks. They return a fumble for a score and a 24-9 win over the Lions. Matt Ryan throws for four touchdowns for Atlanta. Falcons beat the Redskins on the road 38-14. And the Dolphins pick off Sam Darnold four times. Dolphins beat the Jets 13 to six. They also return one of those touchdowns for a score. NHL season continues tonight with the first place New York Islanders host the Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Smooth as always from Eddie Garcia. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out 
out which way is easier. And it's always easier to do a show when you got somebody like Alex Marvez who knows everything about the NFL. He's with us now. Alex, let's start here. The Broncos and Vance Joseph. First of all, I think it's unheard of. You may be able to think of another example where a team has traded a guy and allowed him to play against them that same week. I have to think that the impact of Demarius Thomas, when you consider the game was decided by a missed 51-yard field goal, had to loom large in this decision-making, but so too did Vance Joseph settling for a 51-yard field goal. How soon is he going to be fired? Is he going to be fired? Oh, he'll be gone. I mean, the, the whole thing, though, is probably at the end of the season. I mean, what do you do right now? Who do you promote? And, you know, does that help anybody? I, I don't know. You know, they're going to continue to peter along as long as they remain in playoff contention. And, I mean, they're technically still in, quote, playoff contention. But, no, it's not a very good team. Listen, we can beat up Vance Joseph and, and the fact that he wasn't ready to become a head coach and the fact he put together a poor staff. You already have the offensive coordinator. His first one, Mike McCoy, is gone. His special teams coordinator, Brock Olivo, he's gone. And Joe Wood, some would say their defense coordinator he should be gone as well he was almost fired before the Arizona game earlier this year and Vance took a bigger part in the defensive play calling but you know listen I knew Vance was in big time trouble this in August I'm sitting there Gil Brand and I are on our Sirius XM tour stop you know for training camps we're sitting there talking with John and I mentioned about how Gary Kubiak did this incredible job you know helping the front office draft better and it's true this was a much better draft for the Broncos this year than it had been the past couple seasons and, and John went into this soliloquy un, un, you know unprovoked about how he wishes Gary Kubiak was still his head coach today that that you know but Gary's health issues you know his family you know their concerns not going to let him do it and I'm like if, why are you telling me this you know what I mean it, it completely undermines your head coach so uh, you know and he said it on air so I'm just you know I, I think really the deck I don't want to say the deck was stacked against Vance Vance didn't do himself any favors with some of the decisions that he's made look John Elway didn't do Vance Joseph any favors you look at a roster right now that's a pretty mediocre one and that's one of the reasons you trade Demarius Thomas you're looking ahead a little bit and you got a good wide receiver in Cortland Sutton who's going to be be ready to go uh, for you, uh, you know, right now, although he dropped a touchdown pass yesterday, but he's someone that they considered to be a Demarius Thomas replacement. Listen, Demarius was a goner, by the way, no matter what, in 2019. Uh, you know, for, uh, he's set to make $14 million. He's not going to make that with the tax. He's not going to make that anywhere. Had to make the trade, though, Clay, you know, two reasons. Will Fuller goes down, Texans need a wide receiver, and the trade deadline was so quickly coming up. Broncos had to make that awkward trade with Demarius Thomas going to Houston and then facing him five days later. What about settling for the 51-yard field goal? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, I agree. Listen, and how about the 62-yarder at the end of the first half, right? Yeah. You know, then that gets returned, you know, for us, you know, up, up and puts three plays later. The Texans are in position for a field goal, so you talk about a three-point swing right there. But you know what? I mean, Clay, in the NFL today, you got Brandon McManus. This is one of the best kickers in the NFL. He should be able to connect from 51 yards, right? I mean, that that's really what you get, in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, look, kickers like this, you got to be able to make clutch kicks at the end of games. Brandon McManus did it. And, of course, Vance Joseph is going to have to fall on the sword for that and, and, and take, you know, again, another loss here for the Broncos. But, look, this just isn't a very good Denver team. I mean, they're, you know, they're sort of like, you know, 6-10-ish, and 7-9-ish. And, and for Broncos fans, they're not used to that. that. That isn't something that they're accustomed to, all of this losing after such that great stretch earlier this decade. And, of course, we can beat up Vance Joseph, but John Elway deserves a lot of the blame as well for an inferior roster. Texans are now 6-3. and three. Is the AFC South race over? I think so. I think they're pulling away. Listen, they're the first team since the 1970 New York Giants to win six straight after an 0-3 start, they've got their longest winning streak since 2012. Here's another stat for you, by the way. 27-1 and when leading at halftime 
under Bill O'Brien. And I got a flip side stat here for you. I don't know if we're going to get into the Baltimore Ravens, but when the Ravens are trailing at halftime under John Harbaugh, they're 14 and 47. That's a 229 winning percentage. So the Texans are really good at holding on to a lead. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins playing some unbelievable football. Deshaun Watson now, 36 career TD passes in 16 games, his career games. It's the second most in NFL history through a player's first 16 games. And, of course, J.J. Watt tied to the AFC lead in sacks. He's back to being a difference maker himself. Are, are they a great Texans team? I, I can't tell you that. They're dangerous. You know, especially as if they get healthier in the secondary and some of those guys return that have been battling injuries. We'll see how Demarius Thomas helps him down the stretch. And by the way, one of the NFL's most underrated running backs, Lamar Miller. I mean, he was signed to a four-year, $26 million deal, wasn't considered a featured back by the Dolphins. Look at him now in Houston. I mean, he plays such a vital role on that team. They've done a nice job adjusting to injuries on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, who else is going to step up and, and really catch them, right? The Tennessee Titans, aye, 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 we can get into that. They play the Cowboys tonight, and we know Jacksonville's going nowhere fast. I mean, maybe they can make a little bit of a run. Huge game coming up against Indianapolis this coming week, almost like a loser-leave-town type match. Whoever loses that one, probably count them out of the division. But kudos to the Texans for weathering the storm, 0-3 to 6-3. Patriots beat the Packers. Are the Packers done and – uh, is it fair to say that the Patriots are back to being the Patriots after starting one and two? I'll start with the Packers. You know, Ben Maller on our air last night said, yeah, the Packers are done. I guess he three, four, and one for him is done. I don't know. You know, look, I mean, do we trust Chicago? Because I look at the division. You know, is, this, is there anyone in this division that's going to be able to run away with things? I don't think Chicago. I think they're an ascending team, one that's getting better as Mitchell Trubisky continues to gain experience. Uh, you know, but are they, you know, are they going to run away with this thing at, at 12 and 4? No, probably not. So the Packers are going to continue to putter along, but you look at the upcoming schedule, and it is just not pretty for this team. By the way, 0-4 on the road, that's not good. Coming up in a couple of weeks, they have a quick turnaround. They host the Dolphins this Sunday. Then they got to fly out to Seattle because, as you know, the NFL very concerned about health and safety about their, among their players with the Thursday night schedule. So it's always great to send people from Wisconsin out to Washington <laughs> to play a game on three days rest. You know, of course, it wouldn't be like the television network, the deal that Fox had would possibly influence the league's decision to best protect its players from any sort of injuries or anything like that. So I think for Green Bay, look, at, and, and again, I, what I'll tell you is this. What's happening now, when you watch this team and you watch the way some of the rookies play and then you look at some of the draft picks that they had in recent years, I think it's pretty evident that Ted Thompson didn't do these guys any favors himself, like I was saying with John Elway, and that some of the drafts were just so poor. I mean, he hit on a couple guys, but not like you're seeing these rookies step up now for the Packers. The big thing, though, does Mike McCarthy take the fall because these rookies, by the time they're good, he might not be around coaching them. I mean, I just you sort of feel like, the, you know, again, that narrative of Aaron Rodgers and his best years are, be, you know, are being squandered by Green Bay. You look at how, how much he has to hold the football back there. And, and the Patriots well aware of this. They pressured Aaron Rodgers more than anyone last night. And even though he only got sacked, I think, officially once, you know, it didn't matter. You know, guys were in his face because he holds on to the football forever waiting for plays to develop downfield. And I just don't think that's a recipe for success in today's NFL. As for the Patriots, yeah, they're back. And, you know, every week it's a symphony. I love it. You know, Bill Belichick writes a new one. He gets the different musical notes. He rearranges things as a composer. And he puts out an incredible product. And Look at Cordero Patterson as their leading rusher right now. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. They have no running backs, right? So Cordero Patterson becomes a running back. I mean, that, that's pretty darn crazy right there. You see guys in the secondary that continue to improve each week. Trey Flowers has really stepped up his game. And what they did last night, by the way, no Sony Michelle, no Rob Gronkowski. Imagine if that was a full-strength 
Patriots team playing against Green Bay. Oh, and Tom Brady still still pretty good, hitting the eighty thousand yard mark in career yardage, passing, rushing, receiving, maybe punting. I don't know, but I mean, eighty thousand yards gets sets an NFL record last night, and, and he will eventually eclipse that one thousand uh, yard rushing mark. But you know, for his career, not for a season. Saints get the win over the Rams. Exhilarating game. Is Drew Brees going to be the MVP? Does this game really tell you very much about the Rams, even though they lost, they put for, acquitted themselves pretty well? What do we take away from an epic battle from what I think was the two best teams right now in the NFC? Yeah, and I agree with you on the two best teams in the NFC, although Carolina quietly putting together a quality season. Beware the Vikings if that defense continues to excel. As we, as we heard from Eddie Garcia, those 10 sacks, a franchise record. Daniel Hunter leading the NFL with 11 and a half sacks. People may stop calling him Daniel by the time the season's over. <laughs> Who knows? You know? uh, but for the Saints, you know, Brees will be in the MVP mix because it's a celebration of Drew Brees, who's actually my preseason pick for MVP because I thought that all the passing yardage marks would, would cause some people to pay attention to him. The Saints also my preseason Super Bowl pick against the Patriots. We'll see if all that all plays out. If the season ended today, I'd feel pretty good about it. One thing I took away from the Rams, they cannot wait until Aqib Tlaib gets back on the field. They need him. You know, if the, if the Saints and their, their out, offensive line is outstanding and it's very underrated, they were able to give Drew Brees enough time to be able to pick him apart downfield, and they just don't have the defensive backs right now at the corner spot to be able to hang with teams. Aqib Tlaib really will change the complexion of this defense. I think, too, once Dante Fowler Jr. knows more than a handful of plays and defensive formations, he, too, could make an impact on that side of the football. You know, and the Saints, of course, playing in this division, it's interesting because their final three games – it's Carolina, Atlanta, Carolina is where I believe we're at. Or it's they play, they play Carolina two of the the past three, two of the final three games. I know that for sure. Weeks fifteen and seventeen. So that you know that's going to play such a pivotal role into whether New Orleans can get that home field advantage. They are a different team when they're inside the dome. But hey, they've won two tough road games as well in Baltimore and Minnesota. I believe in the Saints. Of course, Breeze as far as MVP competition tough. You know we have Pat Mahomes who's you know on pace for what seven thousand touchdown passes this season. And I still think Todd Gurley is a very viable candidate for that award but drew definitely helped himself but listen at this point for him it's all about winning right i mean what other franchise quarterback is selfless enough to say no no i'm willing to let another player take the snap and take some hill as long as it helps the team that's what drew Brees is doing now because he wants that second ring you mentioned it earlier and i definitely want to get to it the ravens sacked the titans 11 times three weeks ago and looked like a world-beating team uh, when they did so. They won 21 nothing. They have since lost three straight games. The wheels seem to have come off. Meanwhile, the Steelers don't seem to be missing Le'Veon Bell at all. What's going on there? A couple things with the Ravens, and, and so much of it falls just upon a very mediocre offense and Joe Flacco. And, you know, listen, you can call all the play, You know, we can beat up on Marty Morneyway as an offensive coordinator and things should be better, this and that. When Joe's missing wide-open guys like Lamar Jackson in the end zone and, you know, things like that, I, I mean, that's really, I mean, Joe Flacco is just a pedestrian quarterback at this point, and that's unfortunate, but I mean, I'm, I'm off the bandwagon officially. I always thought that Joe might be able to get it back together in his career, but he is not. I mentioned that record about coming back at halftime. They haven't been able to. Now, in defense of Joe Flacco and, and you know, trying to justify some of the weak performance yesterday, they were down two starting tackles, you know, Ronnie Stanley and James Hurst. They were both out, and clearly that allowed the Steelers to apply some pressure. Now, Pittsburgh, you talk about the offensive side of the ball and agreed. You know, it's, a, it's a really helpful then after the first couple weeks of the season, they finally figured out Le'Veon Bell's not coming back. So let us adjust, 
You know, let us not let us not sit there and wait uh, for Le'Veon Bell because I think he really hosed him. You know, entering the season, everyone thought Le'Veon was going to show up on Labor Day, and, and you know, if you're offensive coordinator James Fincher, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, okay, we'll have Le'Veon and we'll do, we'll set this up. James Conner had to earn their trust. He has done exactly that. Antonio Brown, being Antonio Brown, leads the NFL in touchdown catches. I mean, he's just playing brilliant. But it's the defensive side of the ball where we're seeing some significant improvement. Mike Hilton has been an epiphany, yes, an epiphany at slot cornerback. That has really helped them quite a bit. The pressure's been able to come to, to cover up for the fact that there's no true great shutdown corner on this team. Artie Burns isn't that guy, probably won't be that guy. I don't even know if he can ever become Montgomery Burns from the Simpsons. Point, though, is that he's now in a rotation with Cody Sensabaugh, former Titan, as you know. But listen, they're getting the job done. And how many points do you really need to score or, or like not surrender? You know, if you're the Steelers, four straight games, by the way, they've given up 21 or fewer points. They're averaging 31 or more points for four straight games. So those are some of the things that make you encouraged about the Steelers. As for the Ravens, unless things turn around pretty quickly, I think we're looking at John Harbaugh, his final year as Baltimore Ravens head coach. It's a pretty big deal. Also a big deal, the Falcons left for dead at 1-4 and four after a loss to the Steelers have won three in a row. They're probably going to blow the Browns out next weekend. I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> Are the Falcons back? They took down the Redskins, who had kind of sneakily gotten up to 5-2. and two. The Redskins get to the halfway point of the season at 5-3. and three. They're still leading the NFC East, but do you believe in them? Let me start with the Redskins, and they're, they're one of these middle-class NFL teams that drive you crazy, right? You don't know what you get from week to week. You know, you, you know some weeks they're, they're great, other weeks they're poor. I mean, who'd have thought Adrian Peterson only 17 rushing yards against the Falcons? That was it. They got nothing going, and this is where their lack of, of you know, big plays with the wide receiver position really comes back to hurt the Redskins. They just don't they, – they're just Alex Smith. Just I don't know if it's, it's Alex. I don't know if it's the guys that he has, Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder, but they are just not able to, to get the wide receivers to be an effective part of their game. And even the tight end spot where Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis have been really good this year, they didn't feed off, feast on the Atlanta Falcons' defense like Atlanta's past few opponents have. Listen, you know that the, the Falcons are going to score points, right? And that's – you know, the, the surprise to me – yesterday, too, getting their own running game going. Tevin Coleman had an outstanding performance. Ito Smith, who is named, by the way, his nickname does stem from Judge Ito. I do want to point that out. His mom saw Judge Ito on TV watching the OJ trial about 23 years ago, and she nicknamed her child Ito. He's had 60 60 rushing yards, 12-yard touchdown, both a career highs for him. Four rushing TDs by Ito this year, the most for any Falcons rookie, Clay, since T.J. Duckett back in 2002. I didn't think you were expecting a T.J. Duckett reference this morning. And on the defense the side of the ball, you know, talking to my people there, their whole thing is this, just hold down the fort. Wait until some of these guys get back. Deion Jones back on the practice field a little bit last week. It'll be huge when he gets back at the Mike linebacker spot. And DeMonte Kazee, they're not getting back Rico Allen, they're not getting back Keanu Deal, but this guy already has four interceptions this season, a converted cornerback to safety. He's becoming a big-time player for them. Jack Crawford has a sack in three straight games. Here's weird stats, though, on the Falcons. NFL's best third down offense. They're converting at a 53.3% clip. That's outstanding. On defense, they give up the most yards in the NFL on first downs, 6.91 yards. So I think much like the, like, much like the Redskins where you're going to see mixed performances from week to week, same thing with Atlanta. But, you know, they're good enough to stick around in the playoff race. The problem for them is Carolina and New Orleans are also good. So they've got to find a way to make some hay there to be able to get out of the division when it comes to tiebreakers. A couple more quick questions for you. Are the Panthers for real? And what happens tonight in Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Titans? 
Carolina is very much for real. You've got to give Norv Turner a lot of credit. Listen, I was a skeptic. I didn't know if the game had passed Norv by a little bit. Instead, he integrates some things that really click well with Cam Newton. Goofy stat for the Carolina Panthers. Goofy stat. Their wide receivers have more rushing yards than any team in the NFL. They have gained 193 yards on rushes this season. You know, jet sweeps end around. You had a 33-yard touchdown by, by Curtis Samuel. It's keeping defenses off balance. balance already. Those 193 wide receiver rushing yards, a franchise record. You know they're going to play good defense. Mario Addison, three sacks yesterday against the hapless, yes, hapless Bucks And Dante Jackson, rookie making a huge impact. Four interceptions this season. But it's Cam, man. Two straight touchdowns. Two Seven straight games, two or more touchdown passes, tying a franchise record. They're really good at home. Ten straight wins uh, at, in, at Bank of America Stadium. So, yes, the Carolina Panthers very much for real. I expect Dallas to win tonight against Tennessee. The, the Titans are just it's, – it's a shame. Marcus Mariota, I don't think he's going to be that guy for them. He just, is not, he just isn't being very consistent. Not that Dak is all that great. He's actually last or near last in the NFL in third down passing. But how about this stat for you on the Titans? They're one of three teams in the NFL averaging less than 300 yards a game on offense through the first eight weeks. That's not going to get it done. I'm not a Matt LaFleur fan. I don't think he's helping matters. I don't think their offensive personnel is helping matters. They can only lean on the NFL's best red zone defense for so long. I think the Cowboys win tonight. Good stuff as always. Alex Marvez hitting us with every single game and every single team. Love the info. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Final segment of the show. I asked a question last night during the uh, the great game between two you know, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I gave you my top four quarterbacks at this point in time in the NFL. I'll tell you who they are, and as a part of that poll question that I put out on Twitter, I asked you what quarterback you would take. 27,000 of you have voted on my poll. You can find me at Clay Travis on Twitter. I'll tell you what the result was between the men that I told you are the four best at the quarterback position right now in the NFL. Who would you take for this year if you had to pick a one? We will discuss next on OutKick, the coverage. Welcome back, Geico OutKick Studios. Never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. Go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. Tonight's game, uh, the final of NFL Week 9, Titans-Cowboys. It's an interesting, I would say, must-win game for both teams. Cowboys around a four-and-a-half or a five-point favorite, depending on where you look. Both teams sitting at three and four. The Titans have lost three in a row. Uh, the Cowboys have, uh, what have they done? They're, they're one and two in their last three. Uh, both teams coming off of bye weeks. And here's the deal. When you look at this in general, I believe, Titans' next game after this one is the... <laughs> unfortunately for them the Patriots so I think if the Titans lose fall to three and five they're going to be three and six season's basically over at three and six Cowboys kind of in a similar place if they lose they thought they fall to three and five they would then go on the road against the Eagles and have to win on the road against the Eagles which is a tough position to be in and then the week after that they go on the road against the Falcons so I think the Cowboys would lose their next two so if they lose tonight, the Cowboys, then they would be, what, 3-5, and 3-6, and 3-7. and seven. Their season is over. So basically for both teams, Titans and the Cowboys, this is the season tonight, which is why I think it'll probably be a fairly entertaining close game. I don't know what's going to happen. I would, I'm going to bet on the Titans to cover the five, but I think the Cowboys probably win by a field goal or so. Uh, but it should be a pretty entertaining game. I put this up on Twitter last night. 
in the middle of the Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, who is the GOAT uh, analysis, I said, which quarterback, and I included those two guys, which quarterback would you want for this year and this year alone if you had to pick one? And I said, these are the four best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, this season. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. By the way, my top eight, my next four best quarterbacks in the NFL so far this season, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. I'm sure all of you agree with those top eight, all right? That's my top eight. But you could vote and still can vote on the top four as 27,000 of you have voted. And I was intrigued to see what the results would be. Who would you guys vote? Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Brees got 33% of your vote. Now, maybe that's partly influenced by how good he looked against the Rams. A lot of people watching that Sunday afternoon game. Second place, though, and this is the real stunner if we had gone back in September and I had said, hey, guys, I think these four guys are going to be the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Drew Brees, a lot of you out there would kind of nod, say, okay, I can see that. Tom Brady, certainly. Aaron Rodgers, certainly. And then I had dropped Patrick Mahomes as the fourth best quarterback through the first half of the NFL season. You guys would have lost your mind. Patrick Mahomes got the second most votes. Drew Brees, number one, for who you'd like to have for your team's quarterback the rest of the year. Drew Brees, one. Patrick Mahomes, two. Third spot, Tom Brady. Fourth spot, Aaron Rodgers. Pretty intriguing. You can go vote there. We'll see if that changes. But 27,000 votes in. I don't think it's very likely to, to change a pretty outstanding uh, response from you guys there. Uh, Danny G, you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, before the show's over, Clay, definitely need to mention it only took a couple of months, lock it in on FS1 to be on the air for you to finally wear a crown. Ladies and gentlemen, Clay got his first victory. I did. I'm sure he's going to be torturing everybody on the panel, and I wonder if Rachel Bonetta is going to show up to work today. Rachel Bonetta has said she's taking the week off to go to Tahiti because she doesn't want to have to deal with me having a crown (laughs) on my head. But if you haven't watched the show yet, good time to start Monday. We'll have a lot of gambling picks for you on Monday Night Football and uh, getting you ready for the week to come in the NFL and college football. But I get to wear a crown, 4.30 Eastern, (laughs) 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. Lock it in on FS1 uh, with me, Cousin Sal, Rachel Bonetta, and... uh, and Todd Furman. It what took a did long it feel time like? for that to happen. What, did, what, I, I what were your feelings when you finally won? I'm not going to lie. I cared way too much about finally winning. I mean, when you've lost for seven straight weeks. Now, to my defense, Whitlock set in for me one week and lost. Uh, but when you've lost for six straight weeks on television and other people have gotten to wear the crown, I gutted one out, got the win, thanks to uh, Alabama and, uh, and Georgia dominating, respectively, LSU and Kentucky. So that was a good feeling. Uh, we'll be talking about Monday Night Football. We got the tiger hunter. The man-eating tiger killed 14 people. We talked with the tiger hunter in hour two. Podcast interview will be phenomenal. Make sure you go seek it out on OutKick. We'll be live tomorrow breaking down Titans and Cowboys. Take the Titans. See you all tomorrow. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 